0: I have a very interesting episode for you tonight. Don't go anywhere. Now let's get started. Before we begin tonight, I just want to do a quick intro. The conversation is with one of my colleagues. He is an attorney uh, in his 40s, happily married, and he's a Catholic man. He's going to share with you the struggles of a married man as a Catholic married man, and I find it so intriguing. Now you're not going to hear me at all. I'm just going to run this episode and you're just going to hear him speak but i think it's an episode that a lot of women need to hear because i don't think as women we truly understand what men go through before we get started i would like to share with you i am going to leave in the show notes a special email that you can reach out to me regarding this particular episode if you would like to get in touch with my guest please email me at reserveforyou3 at gmail.com, but I will leave that in my show notes. So I really hope that you enjoyed this episode tonight.
1: I came up with this term that I call PMAS. Yes, it's a play on PMS. Uh, but I I use the term like this. PMAS, post Marital Act Syndrome. That is something that... I find describes the phenomenon of being a man, at least, and I would be really interested in exploring how this is experienced by women. But for a, for a married man, at least, um, there is a uh, a cycle. A um, well, let's just say it's a cycle. There's a there's a pr- progression of emotions and biology and feelings that go on between uh, one one marital act and another. Uh, and I use the term marital act because that's the fancy name that Catholics tend to give it in our uh, sort of theological documents. Um, uh, so anyway, and and for me uh, to, to understand what what life is like for a married Catholic man who's trying to abide by the Church's teachings when it comes to uh, marital intimacy, contraception, openness to life, self mastery, uh, abstinence, things of, the, of those uh, things like that. Um, I, I, I would say from my experience, and let's just take a weak time frame, is just as an example. Let's suppose that you and your spouse, uh, have sex, uh, once a week, let's say Sunday, Sunday to Sunday, Sunday, let's say, so Sunday night, um, you, you have sex with your spouse. And of course the act itself, the climax, the orgasm, all that goes with it is, um, you know, sort of the pinnacle of this in terms of the overall pleasure experience, I don't, I don't want to say endorphins, but the biological biochemical process that goes with it. There's a reason why humans, especially men, crave that and go out of their way to to enjoy that as frequently as possible. But there's a there's there's a lingering effect from that, and I don't know. Uh, and this is something I would really be curious to figure out: is if the sort of all that comes from, from a successful marital act and orgasm and all that. If it, if it releases uh, energy, if it's taking away suffering, if you will, or tension, sexual tension, or if it is, if it is um, providing renewed health, uh, I don't know. But so marital act, Sunday night. The experience itself is obviously amazing, but really, I would say for 24 hours, for another day, there is something different. Uh, attitude is better. There's, I wouldn't say it's a tingling, but there's almost a, a numbness, almost a buzz, miralax buzz. I maybe I would describe it. On day one, uh, your attitude is is the highest it will be during that week, your optimism, joy. Uh, I, I would i would say that the, um, how I look at my spouse is probably at its highest, most positive, um, most joyful in the day after. And then I would say that sort of wears off after day one. And then I would say day two and three. So let's say, so day one is uh, other than, the experience of, of, orgasm itself day one Monday is the best day. Um, Tuesday, I would say it's still kind of there, but it's, I would say kind of back to more of a baseline, uh, Tuesday and Wednesday. So day two and three, uh, you're, I would say that at a bare minimum, you have an absence of extreme, um, sexual urge or, or desire. Uh, Not that you couldn't or wouldn't um, do it again if you had the opportunity, but the the, the desire for it, the, whether it's emotional or biological, whatever is, I would say pretty neutral on Tuesday and Wednesday. So let's go Thursday uh, day four to me. in my experience uh, is that by Thursday, you're starting to, um, to notice it. You're, you're noticing the emotional and biochemical, um, uh, sexual urge again. And, uh, you know, I would say in, in sort of the perfect world day four, day five would be the, the, the perfect timing, um, as a, as a normal course, uh, how frequently you would be able to have sex with your spouse. Um, so, so day four and five, um are um not unmanageable they, they are and i would say that the the desire that is there i think you know um you would you would you start to really want that your body is telling you you want that you're almost starting to feel uh the tension inside of you i would i would say it's a physical manifestation this is not just in your head i think physically you can feel your body uh, wanting to experience um, orgasm again, or marital act, whatever you want to call it. Um, and uh, it's really, I would say, in this time frame, so by Thursday, Friday, so day four and five, where the 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 desire, the urge becomes strong enough that you start to experience frustration about it, at least I do um, the, uh, the, the, in the, in the availability of, of having sex becomes more in your mind, the desire for it. Maybe you're, um, giving cues to your spouse. Uh, maybe you're asking for it. I don't know. Um, so that to me is sort of the window between sort of the, the, you know, the pinnacle, so to speak. And when it become when it, has now become something that is um, on your mind like it's 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 an experience now. So day five you're you're consciously and physically aware of the sexual urge and the desire to um, to once again be intimate with your spouse or at a very at minimum have a release of that sexual tension. So day six and seven so Saturday and Sunday, I would say, at least in my experience, and, and maybe this isn't true for everybody, but I would say the that's where the, the tension becomes very noticeable to the extent that it now interferes with um, my, my emotions, my thought process, uh, my ability to do work. The urge becomes very strong. Uh, there's a there's a step lost, maybe a couple steps lost in my steps. Whether it's going to work, dealing with other people, I can feel myself becoming more irritated and tense. Uh, workouts, I think, are even maybe a little more difficult. But there there is there is a be- there is a weight on you. There is a it feels like you're you're dragging something behind you by that time period, and there is this strong desire for for a sexual release of some sort and um and, and and for for a catholic man at least or anyone that that is of the moral belief that any sexual release uh, outside of the marital act itself is immoral in uh, that temptations of one form or another or sin of one form or another that either facilitate uh, a sexual release or um, replace it or whatever, that, that becomes an added weight. So not only are you biologically experiencing the, the desire, the need for a sexual release, but at least in my experience, I feel extremely weighted down by the fear, the concern, the worry that uh, I I have no control over when that release is going to happen um, because unless my spouse is able to or wants to um, I, I feel somewhat trapped I feel like like the walls are sort of closing in on me and that there are two ways out of this room one is the desire to, the, the preferred method the the moral method which is, intimacy with your spouse and then there's a trapdoor behind you that would get you out of that situation but uh, is, is something that the church doesn't allow us to do and and in my experience there is a level of frustration there and fear maybe fear more than anything else because i want i want to be out of this room and my i would prefer to go out the right door. I would prefer to be with my spouse. I would do just about anything uh, to, to enable that to happen. Um, But if that's not available, if that's not something that I can do, I feel like then I am trapped between the walls closing in, and this uh, unlawful exit behind me. And, and then, so what ends up happening then is, as I feel the walls closing in, I know there's a trap door behind me that doesn't, it doesn't get you out of the situation. It, it, it provides some temporary relief, but it's it's temporary relief. And um, and so what, what ends up happening is the walls close in. It's very easy uh, to, um, Become frustrated that that the person that controls the, the gate that the correct entrance the correct exit out of here is your spouse, and and sometimes it feels like they um, are not all that worried about you being in there, or maybe they're not even aware. I think that's this is really where the communication part of this is so important. Is that I don't think that for the most part, our spouses understand that we, we feel like we're in this room that's closing in around us because that's not the room that they occupy. Um, and they don't understand why you're knocking on the door constantly, because it's maybe it's an annoyance to them. Maybe they're doing other things, but all you know is this, I'm in this room, I'm feeling claustrophobic and I just want out.